Hello and welcome to A to the K's Wrestle Talk podcast. I'm Anthony. And I'm Carl. And in this podcast, we'll be giving our take on all things wrestling. There we are, second episode, Carl. Um, we're gonna act like we're it, back. We're gonna treat it like it hasn't been recorded, like literally seconds after the first one. Um, so uh, don't give away our secrets. Been another week. Wow. Um, so where were we? We were talking about the Women's Royal Rumble, I believe. Yes. Um, so I think we were talking about um, any anyone that kind of stood out. Um... Yeah, I think um, uh, we ended on. On, I might have breezed past it slightly because I knew I was aware we'd run out of time. But we ended on on talking about Naomi and and her mm-hmm. uh, skills getting back into the ring. Um, and like you say, it was a bit of a shame that Kofi never got a spot like that this year, which um, we will talk about later on in this episode. But uh, yeah, the, I mean the two big gripes I had with the Rumble was all rounds. I, I was quite happy with the Rumble really. But, uh, the two big issues I had with it were um, obviously. The first one being Santina. <laughs> and, um, to be honest, that could, have, that could have been so much worse. So, you know, credit to them for not going all in with that. But, um, yeah, that was one gripe I had, really, that in this day and age, you really don't need to, to sort of pull that gimmick out of the bag. That being said, I suppose they were just doing a bit of a nod to, to the old days and... Um, one or two things they could have done, uh, one of which they did do that that made it okay was um, obviously he saw he was up against and eliminated himself, um, which is a really good way of doing it as far as I'm concerned because it, it it sort of it doesn't discredit the women's division it it almost adds to it because back in his day he thought oh I, you know I'll have an advantage posing as a woman uh, they've had him run into the rumble this time go hang on she can batter me. And eliminate himself. We <laughs> thought that was a nice little, nice little way of doing it. Uh, the other option would have been for one of them to just eliminate him within seconds. But I, I do appreciate how they did it. But at that being said, it was a waste of a spot. Yeah, I don't know. It was a, it was a fun little throwback, wasn't it? But I was kind of torn because I think obviously you had the whole women's revolution thing, and then to obviously bring him back, it was kind of. I think that was, that was the kind of their way to say like. Okay, you know, like let's look back at the old days. We were stupid. We have, we, you know, look how far we've come. We've got a women's Royal Rumble. I'm just going to eliminate myself out of this just because how stupid were we back then, kind of thing. That's the thing, and I think that's where I can I can take the positive from it because you know the this is quite a a women's strong Royal Rumble. I mean, bear in mind after the women's Rumble, we've got. The Bailey versus uh, Lacey Evans. Then we've got uh, the Fiend and Daniel Bryan. Then we've got Becky Lynch versus Asuka. So really, it, it's quite women strong. I mean, both the women's titles got a got a match this year, which is something that the the main titles. It, sorry, it's not really fair saying main titles anymore. Both the men's titles didn't get. Um, but it was it it sort of felt odd, but I do think they handled it in the right way by. Like he didn't focus on him too long, and like you say, it was almost like them sort of poking fun of themselves for, for stuff they've pulled in the past. You know what I mean? Yeah, 
I, I, I still thought it. I thought it was quite funny. I don't, I don't think it was like distasteful. I think it was like a nice little look back at yeah, like. I mean, what I, it was I totally agree. I think um, yeah, that's considering some of the stuff they pulled in the past. Um, like having was it our truth who helped Carmela win the women's Money in the Bank? Yeah, I think so. Like. Uh, even in recent years, they pulled stuff like that where you go and well, that's kind of insulting, isn't it, to the women's division? Um, so I don't think they've done any harm. I think, like you say, it was it was a nice little throwback and it was handled really well. But I just keep coming back to well, that was kind of a waste of a spot, really. Mm. But that being said, I mean, who did you did you feel like there was anyone missing from the rumble? Was there any women that you were like, well, where are they? Well, Sasha. Well, she was probably the big one. Um, I'd, I'm not sure what her absence is for at the moment. I mean, uh, is it an injury again? I mean, it must, surely it is. Surely they have just left her off. Although we say Sasha wasn't there, but who was? I forgot her name now. But do you remember that one who came in from NXT who basically did Sasha's entrance? <laughs> it was almost like the same music. Oh yeah, and yeah, yeah. That was that was weird. Surreal. Yeah. So they had um, discount Sasha. That's. You know, I suppose that's one. I mean, I don't. I imagine it's injury because it seems like Bailey's holding up the the whole heel angle for them at the moment, which isn't the best thing because she's not the best when it comes to. She's not very good at being a heel, for starters. I mean, yeah. again, not digressing too much from the Rumble, but like she smiled at Lacey Evans's kid on SmackDown the other like um, I think it was SmackDown anyway, the week before, and you're like, you're meant to be the heel stuff, like admiring a cute moment and, and act like a heel for God's sake. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, Sasha's very good at being a heel, and she was sort of needed for that, really. So to leave it on on Bailey's shoulders, I assume they're doing that because they have to. So I can only imagine it's injury. Um. Although she has been known to throw a bit of a strop out in the past, hasn't she? Didn't she have some not too pleasant things to say about the WWE when she was out last time? Yeah, I think she talks a lot on Twitter, doesn't she? Kind of saying, uh. Basically talking about a smack, saying that you know she can quite easily leave and all this kind of stuff. So mm. I don't know. I mean, she's one person. I'll, I'll give it a due. I think she probably could. Um, she'd probably have a nice little home in AEW if she wanted. Uh, I mean, obviously, I can't assume anything on on their part as to who they would take on. But um, she's a good wrestler. She's got good mic skills. I don't see why, if she was a free agent, why they wouldn't be interested. You know. Hmm. But I, I don't know how the contract situation is with her at the minute. I think she signed up to another couple of years, didn't she, when she came back as a heel? I think they tried to lock everyone down now. I think they uh, kind of shit the bit a bit when AEW came about. So I think plenty of people have got long contracts. And um, I, mean, I don't know, going back to the Rumble, I don't know how um, how involved Santino Morella is with the, with the biz and whether he might have been a last-minute thing because Sasha couldn't make it the Rumble. I don't know. Um, he'd certainly didn't feel that. I think you'd have to plan that. I don't know. <laughs> I um, don't know. I think he dresses like that all the time. <laughs> well, you get certain characters, don't you? Who are like they're, they're still knocking about in the background. They're still doing the thing. Um, so I don't know. I mean, like I believe Matt Hardy does some work behind the scenes, and so you know you could mm. suggest maybe he was there and he was they they found a way of filling an empty spot without too much trouble, but. Uh, that's purely speculation on my part. Like. Mm-hmm. And what do you and, make of uh, the actual uh, conclusion? <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I was just gonna just gonna mention that myself. I um, I really weren't happy with it. If I'm honest. What has helped, um, and 
this was a conversation we had after the Rumble, is um, you mentioned, and it certainly seems to be the way they're going now, but you mentioned that there was a suggestion that she was going to go for the NXT title. Um, mm. Now, as a point of purely looking at the Rumble and the win, I did not like Charlotte winning. And I've nothing against Charlotte other than the fact that, you know, she's like this dynasty and it's like she's the, the queen um, almost undeservedly. She came up with um, with the, the other members of the Four Horsewomen as they were, but gets more notoriety than them because of who her dad is. And um, you can't even go, well, you know, she's made herself despite her name because she leans heavily into the flair thing. Uh, you know, the music's almost carbon copy. She she woos. You know, she's she's pushing heavily on her dad's sort of legacy, so she is using that. But to me, uh, as a rumble goes, other people could have benefited from winning that a lot more. She didn't need the win. So I I don't know if, I, if you look purely just at the rumble, I, I think there were, there were other people who could have took that, and probably should have took that. Yeah. I don't. I mean, I think I think we both let out a collective sigh um, when she won that. I think, as you said, she just she just didn't need it. Do you know what I mean? It was like of all the accolades, you know, she's a ten-time champion or something. I know they're trying to get her up to sixteen to to be like you know be like a dad. But I just at that point I was just like ah oh, because I I didn't want to see I don't want to see her her and Becky again. I don't want to say see her and uh, her and Bailey again. So I was just like, oh, why? Why have they done this <laughs> once again? She's going to gonna me, be that, like in in the main match. That is the huge relief that they they looked the looking towards uh, Shayna and the NXT title because I honestly would not have been even slightly interested in her and Bailey or her and Becky. Mm. It it they just wouldn't have entertained me. We've seen it before. We know that they're all you know technically good wrestlers, but. The, there was no, I couldn't have seen any angle leading up to WrestleMania that would have drawn the interest for me. You know, you can, no, you can think, safely go, it's going to be a decent match from a technical standpoint, but that would have been it. It's, it's, I mean, it's going to be very, very interesting where they go. Like, hopefully, hopefully it is um, Rhea Ripley that she fights because I think. Sorry, I said Shane. Peter's got the title at the moment. Uh, as, yeah, so, um, so. I don't know how you say her name. Re, re, Rhea, Re, Rhea. Uh, I again, oh. I go with Rhea. I don't know if that's right. I think oh. we'll just call her Ripley's yeah. Believe It or Not because yeah. I remember believe, that. Believe it or not. Um, so believe it or not, um, it's got the title at the minute. Um, nice. So I think I think in Survivor, at Survivor Series, she might have been the rep. Might be the rep for um, NXT then. I think she actually holds a victory over Charlotte as well. So it's some nice. Um, Surely there's not some future planning in place at WWE, surely not. But, you know, um, imagine. <laughs> I mean, sometimes it feels like they're doing it and then sometimes they just, you know, don't. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're, they're, they're a hard, uh, hard company to read. But, I mean, again, sometimes you can't. You, they can't. They try and plan ahead and things don't work out. Look at the Shield reunion. That went a bit pear shaped well, yeah. Well, exactly. Um, but yeah, I mean, going forward now, I dare say, looking at WrestleMania, I'd go, yeah, I'll, you know, I'll be interested in that match. That won't be the uh, the match that I then get up and go and get a slice of pizza or a drink. I might actually sit and watch that match now, um, because it it's different. Uh, there is like a bit of a back and forth, like you say. There's um, there's almost a rivalry 
slightly built up there that they can certainly work on towards WrestleMania. Uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm happy that they've moved it to the angle they've moved it to. And yeah, I think I think I don't at the know... time I wasn't happy. Uh, obviously, that Charlotte's won, but now that they are going this direction, I think um, all in all, I'd say um, I'm not I'm not as pissed off as I was on the night. <laughs> yeah, one thing that I will moan about. Um, they've clearly they're clearly pushing Charlotte towards the heel angle, which makes sense from a you know Rhea's got a good following behind her, but it's it's the way they do it and it's it's purely a pet peeve of mine. But they tried to do a similar thing with Roman where they acknowledge that the audience aren't happy with the results, and they try and lean into that as their reason for being a heel, and it's like you know that it, it comes across less bad guy and more bratty. Do you know what I mean? Um. So she and again, it's it's still it's still a heel thing to do. She she's entitled, you know. That's why she she done the sort of the woo at the end of it to to acknowledge, like, you know, I'm Flair's daughter and I should win. But I I just I hate it when they build an angle like that. She hasn't done anything particularly, you know, heel like other than have have a, a a moan to the audience for not liking it, you know. And I don't know. I've I've seen it done before and I've never really been a fan of it as a as an excuse. Um, but again, probably more of a peppy of mine that than anything. Yeah, I think I don't know. I think at the time we were kind of watching it and just we weren't we weren't necessarily happy where we were with the with the outcome. But I think that's probably fre- yeah, that it's a fair point, that Carl. I mean, if she'd have made that a similar promo after we knew where they were going with the angle, I might not have had as big an issue. Um, mm. It's probably not helped that I was so disappointed with the results, and then she starts having a go. Do you know what I mean? And you're like, yeah. "Hang on, I'm a bit pissed off at the minute. Can you shut up?" <laughs> um, so yeah, maybe maybe that's why I've not sort of took to the the. I, I don't was it heel ten? I, I don't. I, I'm not even sure. I feel like she was a bit more of a tweener before that because she wasn't exactly a face, was she? But mm. yeah, I think, that, I think that's definitely a tweener. Feel like they were like, look, definitely a bad guy now. You know, I think that's what they were going for with that. Um, and you know they've, they've sort of got the point across and it makes sense because as I say Rhea is a baby face at the moment by all accounts yep on my limited knowledge of NXT anyway <laughs> well she's more of a baby face than uh, Charlotte is I know the crowd are certainly going to be behind them all aren't they so it makes sense to put Charlotte in the heel role um, they've at least had the, the awareness to, to realise that there's been many a time when uh Roman has not had the crowd behind them and they've just refused to believe that. Yeah. I'll never forget, uh, I think it was Michael Cole uh, at WrestleMania said, oh, the, like, tried to blame us as an audience, saying, oh, the audience get really confused at, uh, at WrestleMania time, you know, they boo the people they should be cheering. And it's like, no, <laughs> we boo the people we should be booing, Michael. Um, yeah, and that, that that's the kind of they were so that. so belligerent that that Roman should be the guy that they wouldn't even listen to the audience. It was it was baffling. So um, it's nice to see that they're actually willing to to sort of take on what what people's reactions are and work with it for once. Agreed. Um, I mean, certainly for the women's rumble, I think that that's um, pretty much all I need to say on that one, really. Um, so, are you happy to move on to the next match? Yeah, let's do it. Cool. So the next one, obviously, was um, Bailey versus Lacey Evans. Um, so again, I don't know how you've been feeling about the build-up to this. I quite like um, Lacey 
as a wrestler and, and as her angle, really. She's not, you know, I don't even know if you class her as a face, really, but she's, um, she, a character's quite good. It's a little bit different. She she certainly seems to be a good wrestler. She got the stature and the build for it. Um, and it wasn't a bad match. Uh, she still seems a little bit green in the ring, but I actually don't know how long she's been a wrestler. I believe she's got quite a history in, in terms of like, she's been in the armed forces and the like. Um, so I don't know how long she's actually been an in-ring wrestler, but um, obviously Bailey's got the edge on her there in terms of experience and skill. Yeah, I think, I mean, I, d- I didn't really see any build up to this match. Um, I think, I think when, when they obviously showed us the little video beforehand, like the highlights package and stuff, I started to kind of absorb it all. Um, first thing that stood out was was Bailey's hair. How like she's <laughs> got the worst haircut. <laughs> it's like I know. Yeah. Let's make her a heel by giving her some weird shiny bob thing. Um, so yeah, that, I mean that, that was, it was me part greatly. of the whole thing. You know, she cut her hair off. She she cut down the inflatable arm flailing tube men, and <laughs> and you know we all knew she's a bad person now. I mean, um, that's so, that's how you nice let people know that, you know. But I think, yeah, um, I mean, I think because I was so annoyed at Char- uh, Charlotte winning, and then obviously this match followed it. I think I had like a, a light bulb moment in my head, gut, and I kind of was like, oh, so they're gonna make Lacey win then, ah, and like Lacey's gonna um, go on to fight Charlotte because like I could see that as like a a potential decent matchup. Um, but then having not really seen much, yeah, it certainly seems much like a Vince Lacey. McMahon move, doesn't it? <laughs> Yeah, they're like, well, well those two the are two legged you know, blondes fighting each other. Do. <laughs> exactly, they're tall. <laughs> they've got blonde hair. Let's do that. Um, so I kind of thought it was going to go that way, but I haven't really seen much of her in the ring. And then, as you said before, she was she was pretty green. I think she could have probably had a, a, a whole Botchamania episode dedicated just to her. Um, yeah, I mean, that there was certainly match. there was. I um I don't always pick up on a botch because um a lot of the time the more experienced wrestler can can help sort of catch that, but. There, there were a couple of notable moments where you're like, oof, that that very nearly didn't land. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and don't get me wrong, she she tried some she tried some moves. To be fair to her, I think um, there was one off the turnbuckle that I thought she, oh, she's going to hurt herself here. Um, but she wasn't afraid of having a go. Uh, no, no, she definitely gave it a very good go. But at the same time, I felt uneasy thinking you're about to, you know, paralyze yourself in front of your daughter. <laughs> yeah. Because I think she just and went a bit too above her. And. and it always worries me this. I mean, it's it, it kind of reminds me, or one of the main ones I remember, and I know I think the pair of us were sort of dipping in and out of WWE around this era, but um, Joran Punk's sort of uh, main reign, I, I don't know if they class it as part of the summer of Punk, but certainly during his time as, as the top guy, um, when the Adam and Angle with Ryback. And mm. Obviously, Ryback was still quite green, and Understandably, he's new to to the game, and again, it's not even just injuring himself. There was there was times when he nearly damn near injured Punk, and you're like, well, this is where it, it's nice trying a spot that'll get the crowd going. You know what I mean? And you go, God, that's just happened. But you really need to make sure that you've got these things nailed, or you could, like you say, you could paralyze yourself. You could hurt someone else. It's 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 a it's a worrying thing to do, and I think sometimes. It's a little bit. It was a little bit nerve wracking with Lacey to watch and go. I don't know if she she's going to land that, or certainly times when you think that she she damn near didn't. And yeah, it's like it put you on edge a little bit, but not for the right reason. Yeah, I completely agree. That's a very fair assessment. So I think um, 
It was one of them. I'd, I kind of still was willing her on because I just didn't want to see um, Charlotte and Bailey or Charlotte and Becky. So I was really willing I, it on. But I think in hindsight, think, you know, yeah. as you watch it, she just wasn't ready. That's the thing, yeah. I totally agree. But the trouble is, like, she is a future star. She's definitely got the mm. skills. You can see her building. Um, I don't know why she's on the main roster just yet, if I'm honest. I think she probably could have done with a bit more time in NXT as far as developmental goes. Um, but that being said, as far as the angle went, she's she's better on the mic than Bailey, from what I can see. Right, okay. um, and that, it's no discredit to Bailey, but Bailey has anything other than a face isn't good. I, I don't believe her as a heel. No. And I don't know if it it, it it felt deliberate at the time that Sasha come out and Sasha was a big heel, and she done it really well because obviously she she can really sell on the mic. And then Bailey followed suit, and I thought, is that the angle they're going for? That Bailey's copying a mate, essentially. She's she's following the crowd. Is that what they're doing? And that kind of would have worked to me because it's like, well, you're not a proper heel. You're sort of just going with your mate. Do you know what I mean? But now yeah. Sasha's not there, and and it's relying on Bailey. And this whole angle's become about Bailey versus Evans. You sort of really notice that she's not a very good heel. And I'm not saying she's, she's not just good on not the convincing. Mic but she's not a good yeah. heel. You, she doesn't sell it very well at all. No, she like um, she tries to go like a little bit moody in her face, but then even then she starts to like smirk a little bit. And then when she gets on the mic and tries to sound like big bad wolf, she just I don't know, just it just doesn't work. It, she, some people no. just shouldn't be a heel. Do you know what I mean? And she's one of them, unfortunately. Yeah, it's kind of like yeah, she's just I I don't know. She maybe got too far into a into a hugging gimmick as it were that it's it's really hard to sell her as anything else now she's she's a she likes the crowd she likes the people she you can tell she loves her job but mm. that when you can't hide that from your face it's really hard to sell yourself as the bad guy um, well, exactly. so it, it's not really helped me buy into this angle and obviously they're pushing forward with her as a heel i don't know where they're going for wrestlemania now um it seemed i think i haven't actually watched smackdown this week but I, I, and I hope I'm wrong. But it, it looks like they're maybe pushing Carmella towards the title match. But maybe mm. that was just a more of a is she? I don't, you know what I mean? Because I haven't watched it yet. But um, yeah. it seems like they might be doing like a bit of a maybe some sort of uh, not necessarily a battle royal, but some sort of determiner to decide who gets a shot at it. I don't know. But it doesn't feel like they've got anywhere to go with the angle now either. Well, I think if it is going to be Carmella, then like no disrespect to the pair of them, Bailey and Carmella, but that's gonna that's gonna be on the pre-show. It, it'd have to be. I mean, it'd be a shame to have such a such a female uh, orientated rumble where both the women's titles got got such notoriety in the card, as well as the women's rumble being such a big thing. To then turn around and, and relegate one of the titles to the pre-show would be uh, be a shame, really. Yeah. But, but I can see it happening if they haven't really got a decent opponent. No, it's going to be What might be nice is um, if Sasha does come back and turn on Bailey, I'd watch that. I think, to be honest, that that's the only way they're going to be able to like rescue her. You know what I mean? Like have Bailey be like the bad guy, but then have Sasha absolutely destroy her, but not like in a face way, like go too far, um, so that you start to sympathise yeah. for her. It's the only way you can kind yeah, of pull to her the back. Point when it's like, and then they could go back to that whole what I originally thought they were doing and have Bailey then be, you know, have that, that feud based on the fact that, hang on, she turned on everyone for her. Do you know what I mean? 
So then she feels offended by Sasha turning on it. Uh, to me, uh, and again, I'm purely just like speculating and hoping, and, and and it might not be a good angle for everyone, but it's certainly something that would intrigue me a bit more than just sort of, well, let's see who wins this match to face Bailey, you know? Yeah. So I think interesting in terms of where it's going to go, especially, you know, with the Carmella angle, that's, that's, that's really bizarre. But I'd say Again, the match I could itself... be wrong on that. It was just um, I get, I'm a I'm a painful looking glancing through Instagram posts and, and such from WWE, <laughs> and it just, I feel like I saw something that just said about um, Carmella. And again, it might have just been because she was a contender in a match to determine, or whether she's won a match. I need to um, to catch up on this week's SmackDown um, to to sort of know what what actually happened there. Uh, it might be that they haven't determined anyone yet, but Carmel would certainly be uh, no offense to her, but it'd certainly be a poor choice at this point. Yeah, remains to be seen. But mm. as for the match itself, um, I'm just looking then. Apparently, it was the shortest match on the card as well, so it was only nine minutes yeah, yeah. twenty seconds. So um, I guess, I guess it's clear to understand why. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. for me, it was it was average, and I'd say that it highlighted to me that. Um, Lacey's a bit too green, I'd say, to uh, to compete yet. But, um, you know, keep on trucking. Maybe next year. Maybe next year. Uh, and again, I do think she's got potential to be a, a, a good, uh, well, a future star in, in the women's division. Um, she's got everything there. She just needs to, to improve in the ring, really. Yeah. Um, so, obviously, I think we've pretty much talked out on that match. Um, the match that followed was The Fiend versus Daniel Bryan. Now, um, hell of a match, to be honest. I uh, It was something a bit different. Thank fuck they didn't just keep everything in like a red hue the whole time, <laughs> which they seem to keep doing with The Fiend, and it's it's distracting. Like, I, you know, I honestly, also, it what? almost felt a bit jarring, the fact that it wasn't. If that makes sense, because yeah, the only matches I've seen with The Fiend... It, whenever The <laughs> yeah, Fiend comes so... out, everything's red. So we're that used to it. I mean, they they done the entire steel cage match in red, and you're like, like to the point that I find it a little bit distracting. But like you say, it, it's almost now jarring to a point that it's like, well, hang on, the fiends out. Why is everything red? Because mm. um, I remember his first match against uh, it wasn't Finn. Who, who did he debut against? Or was it Finn? No idea. When he first debuted, when he first come out as the fiends. And I think it might have been Finn at SummerSlam, you know, and he, he just ruined them. Um, they didn't do the whole red U then either. Mm. Uh, and then ever since, he everything was just shrouded in these red lights. But it seems whenever there's a match where he's he's not going to like completely squash the person, they'll uh, they'll let you see it. Which uh, I don't know if that's a thing or not. But um, everything else that has been like virtually a squash bar, obviously the the confusing mess that was the Rollins match. Um, yeah, I I don't know. I, it's purely a, a cosmetic thing with the lighting issues. I, I I'm hoping that they're starting to abolish that now with the Brian match. Yeah, I, I, it, I, it's just it it was just really weird, <laughs> like. I mean, I completely agree. You can't carry on kind of doing that and having the red hue all the time. But it just, if, I don't know. It was just, it was just a different feel straight away. Um, it was just really, I, I, I don't know what it was about it. It just kind of, just put, kind of put me back. Yeah, no, I get that because it's not 
what we've been sort of used to with the fiend. Mm. To the point that you then go, well, is is Brian going to win this? They're already treating it differently. Is he is he going to win? I mean, you know obviously what? we I... know now that he didn't. But well, yeah, I think at the time though, I think I, I even said to you a couple of times. I turned to him and was like, he's going to lose this, you know. Um, because well, I, you did say a couple of times, and I was actually like, because I said to you, he can't. There's not much further they can go with the fiends. I think you fairly pointed that out the other week. That it's like, well, where can they keep going with this angle? But um, but I said at the time, I'll be I'll be quite upset if if Brian wins because it doesn't it won't help the fiend and it won't help Brian. Brian doesn't need the win, uh, and it'll just take the momentum out of the fiend. So when you look at it. Objectively, you go, well, The Fiend needs to win this and, and should win this. But there was, throughout the match, there's like a, hang on, is he going to lose this? And it, it, was, it was quite a good thing because we're used to the, to the he gets battered for a while and then comes back and ruins them. So when you, although that is pretty much what happened, you know, Brian had the edge on him for quite a bit and then suddenly he was unstoppable and won. Um, so it was paid by numbers in that sense, but the there was there were times where you're like, hang on, this this they might turn this, they might actually have Brian win this. I definitely did feel it a couple of times as well. Um, yeah. Like it wasn't just once. Like there was a couple of times there where I actually thought, oh my god, he's going to do it. So I think yeah. it probably um, well, on good. reflection I mean, as well. Another reason why um, they probably didn't use the red light is it's really hard to see bright red back welt <laughs> from being hit with a, a Do you know strap. what? I never considered that from a, from a logistical point of view. They really needed to make sure that they weren't getting too um, too damaged there, really. Well, um, yeah. Um, but also, you know, for the uh, for the hardcore, violent audience at home wanting to see the bloodiness and the redness, you know, I never considered it. I thought from it. a... Yeah, <laughs> I'll take your point. Sorry, I was thinking from, from a backstage point of view, them going, hang on, Brian's getting a bit too bloody there. But yeah, you got see, a fair point. They want the audience you were, to see the you, blood. You were thinking about it like Bray Wyatt. I was thinking about it like The Fiend. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my blood, yeah, my that's blood. what happened there, yeah. But, because, um, I mean, don't get me wrong, I, like, I, I love Bray. Uh, I think The Fiend angle's been fantastic. And, um, it was a really good match. It was a fantastic match to watch, but I, again, it, it's when you look at it outside of that match, you go right. Well, where are we going now to Mania? And that being said, I we now know where we're going with it to Mania. Uh, no, not to Mania. Sorry, uh, we don't actually know what he's doing for Mania, do we? But we now know that um, Goldberg's got a, a shot for some reason. Yeah, uh, wow. I don't, I don't know if you've seen that, but. Um, Goldberg's declared that uh, Bray's next, so that's uh, I can't remember the actual name of the title card, but it's um, WWE's paycheck. Um, <laughs> it wouldn't surprise showdown. you if they just if they just start putting out pay per views with like names like that. And they should they should call it payday or something like that because that's they're getting people like Goldberg in they get taken in inevitably Hogan might turn up and it's all because they're doing it because they're getting a nice big paycheck. Because yep. obviously Vince is is big on getting the um, the money in for the, for the sweet Saudi sweet event. Saudi money. That's Saudi money. So um, yeah, they might as well just go all in and go yeah yeah WWE payday. But um, but yeah, he's he's going to super show, superstar showdown um, to face the fiend now. So um, yes. and again, I, I I can't see Goldberg at another WrestleMania. So I imagine the fiend's going to win that one. 
let's just hope we see the fiend at WrestleMania because um, with Goldberg's track record, <laughs> he nearly uh, killed Undertaker, didn't he? In the last showdown, I mean, so nearly killed his bloody self as well, hasn't he? Let's be honest. Well, yeah. He's, um, so this is the um, this is why I struggle to get on board with the the Saudi events, as I'll call them in general. Um, but like Superstar Showdown, um, I don't even know if I'll end up watching it. I'll certainly catch the results. There's not, there can't be anything surprising because, you know, Goldberg isn't there to win the title and go on to WrestleMania. Like, I'll mm. be, I will, I will honestly eat my hat if that's what happens. He's not going to win and he's there so that they can put the match on. People can enjoy it, but he's never going to win. So we're going to come out of Superstar Showdown with no title changes and everything as it was. Um, and again, you do realize they might now move one around. But... Saying you will eat your hat. <laughs> You're yes. on the pod, Anthony. <laughs> that, that's true. Um, I get to pick the hat if I'm wrong, but uh, I, I have I have declared that. But um, but yeah, and that's this is the thing I struggle with with the Saudi events is that like, and don't be wrong, they can they can mess with your expectation and they can go, oh look, there has been a title change, but they, then they have elimination chamber to fix it anyway. Um, they're not gonna they're not gonna do anything big at these events because it's just like a, a little little side street on the road to WrestleMania. Hmm. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know where they're going with The Fiend and WrestleMania. It certainly seems like the Daniel Bryan side of things is, is done and dusted now. Um, and it was, a, it was a hell of a match. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Bryan is right back onto being who he is, where he'll put his body through some punishments for entertainment's sake. Um he, he, he gets that point for me where I'm like, are we going to get the, the worrying Daniel Bryan where you're going to be like, yeah, he's uh, he's pretty badly concussed there. Because I distinctly remember, um, I don't even think it was a like a big pay-per-view, but like a SmackDown match or whatever. And um, he he just sort of like clearly headbutted the ring and was, was out of it, but wasn't leaving. Do you know what I mean? You're like, you're injured, man. And he's he he puts himself through a lot, and he he clearly loves the business. But you wonder how much more punishment he's going to give himself. Oh yeah, he's um he's he's the like he goes from zero to a hundred. There's no like there's no middle ground with him. There's no like easy days. It's just when he's when he's on, he's on. So there's like he whether it's a, a small show, whether it's a big show, he'll just go mental every time because that's all he knows. But unfortunately, that's why you know you don't really live the longest of careers when when you you're that kind of athlete. So. Yeah, I always get a little bit nervous um, with people like Brian as well um, and Edge, who will who we mention later on, when they've had such a career-ending or threatening, as it turns out, injury, and they come back, and I it always I'm always like on edge. Um, hey. <laughs> Hey, um, but I'll, I'll mention him in a minute. But yeah, it, it I, you know, and you think, well, you know, you, you're not 100% anymore. You're never going to be. So, you know, always wonder if they're going to do that one thing too much. And um, it always adds that little edge to me when I watch matches with them in now. Like Daniel, he had a, he had a good career and, a, and, and it was quite a sincere and nice goodbye. And I'm not saying I didn't want him back. It's nice to see him back in the ring. But you go, well, you know, was that the perfect time to end it? Hmm. I mean, you have you have got to wonder where's what's next for him now as well. Obviously, after the Fiend program, like 
he's not really he's not really main event status as such. I know he's just come out of a program with the Fiend in the main event, but like you know, he's not gonna he's not gonna be fighting the Fiend again. He's not gonna be fighting Brock. He's so like this might be um, where does he go? This might be a tad uh, polarizing as a as a statement, but um, to me, and I'm not saying he's anywhere near their level when I say this in terms of fame, but he's kind of like the, the likes of Cena and The Rock and that now where he doesn't need to be in the title scene. Like hmm. people know who he is and he they will enjoy a match with him in it. It doesn't him holding the title or not doesn't benefit him anyway. This is one of the issues I have with Brock being the title holder because Brock doesn't need the title. If he rocks up and has a match, people are going to watch it. It's as simple as that. It's like the Undertaker coming back and getting a title shot. It's like, what's the point? The, the, it, and again, it might seem a bit premature saying this about Daniel Bryan, but when you get to that legend status, the title thing is pointless. Hmm. And again, I don't know if you if you agree with that as a statement for Bryan, but have have you really even paid much mind to his title runs since he's come back? No, I mean. I think he is kind of similar to what you said about the Cena run. Like, there's no harm in him dropping back down now and doing like, you know, making something of the US title or even the IC title. Like, he doesn't need that main belt. I mean, and exactly. he doesn't need any title, as as you've said. But there's definitely there's definitely no harm in him dropping from that main event picture. I feel like after this it's, program it's a, with the Fiend, do you know what? That is a really good point you make because he could, if he had a run with the IC title, for instance. He could put a bit of, put a bit of prestige back into that. Mm. Do you know? Because they have a habit, and they did it with the US title, and the US title, as far as I'm concerned, is still damaged because of it. But they had this sort of hot potato thing where it's like it didn't stick with anyone long enough for it to to sort of be uh, sought after or legitimized in any way. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it, when someone has a good run with a title, and then you finally take them and you take the title. It, it's a prestige thing then, isn't it? But when it moves around as much as, as the, like the IC title at the minute or the US title that apparently is still around, it, it's one of the issues with the 24-7 title, but obviously that is the gimmick for the 24-7 title. Um, so you can mm. you can sort of forgive it with that one, but the others moving around that much, I think it does affect the, the sort of legitimacy to them, I suppose. So um, Daniel could help build certain title runs up for people, and that that could be the thing he does. He could. This is where uh, I slightly digress, but and we have a habit of going off on a tangent anyway. Um, <laughs> but this is where people like Jericho totally understand the game, and I know I'm talking about a different brand and a different company now. But obviously, Chris Jericho as he's done the same in WWE and he's doing the same now in AEW, where he knows he's not the future of wrestling. As sad as a fact as that is, he knows he's there to build people up and he is very good at doing it. I mean, again, I won't digress too much, but if you look at AEW and the Inner Circle right now, we know who Santana and Ortiz are because of Jericho. They wouldn't be as as notable in the in AEW or in the tag team division had it not been for him building them up. And that is the sort of thing that, that the likes of Daniel Bryan could be doing now, rather than taking risks at this point in his career. He could be he could be there in in the mid card, essentially building new talent up. 
I mean, I think I think that's what Cena kind of did with the US title. Like, I remember um, he had his open challenges and stuff, didn't he? And I remember when Kevin Owens um, came out, and at the time he was in NXT, and he, he, he gave Cena a bloody good go, do you know what I mean? And it was like, straight, straight away then, he was like, he was made. And that's the thing, and that's what that's what that is one of the perfect things that that Cena could have done, and did do. And Kevin Owens got it; he got propelled because of that. Um, mm. Admittedly, he got the the Universal Title a bit too soon, unfortunately for him. Uh, but that's what I mean. He, he's 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 a notable star in the WWE now, and and that's the sort of thing that that they could be doing with the title and with these stars who are uh, not part timers, but you know they're not. They're not your up and comers, and they're not your your every week guys. You know what I mean? Mm. I think um, I can't see him going for the IC title because obviously they just put it on Braun, and I, like they're both good guys, yeah. so <laughs> I can't I can't imagine them turning them again. So unless they go down the Andrade route, but I don't know. He could. They might, I mean, they might they'd just... have to move him over to Raw to even do that, wouldn't he? Yeah, but I, I just I'm struggling to find where where he goes next. I guess now after the feed. Yeah. So it's going to be an interesting watch. Yeah, I mean it's interesting really seeing like the ad, the Miz originally in this angle, then the Miz lost to the Fiend and was like, "Well, I'm still upset about it, but oh well," and and that's kind of fell by the wayside. The Miz is doing his own thing. It looks like they're pushing towards the tag team elements with uh, John Morrison, which mm-hmm. is surprising because John Morrison as a singles competitor is really good as well. Um, and I thought that's what WWE would be wanting to do with them, but you know, fair play. I'll I'll still watch the tag team side of things. It it might put a bit of interest in the tag division at the moment. Yeah, I feel but, like uh, I feel like he's probably come back, not, like not to get the belts and stuff, but just to like have a bit of a fun time. Do you know what I mean? And like get the band back together with the Miz. Um, it seems like certainly at the minute that seems to be he's like just a trip down memory lane for him. But uh, he's still a young guy. He's still got a, a career ahead of him, really. But mind you, that being said, I don't even know if there's much age difference between him and Daniel Bryan. I can't really figure out Daniel Bryan's age. Um, I have no idea. I, I think they're both like late thirties. I want to yeah. say, but I'm not sure. I think uh, the thing for me with Daniel, like, it's not so much an age thing. I don't suppose really. It's the fact that he's um he's had some some injuries, some bad injuries, and um quite a lengthy career. Whereas I think Morrison, he, he was he was green. In his first run in WWE, he's obviously gone onto the Indies and and built himself up, and you know he's more of a veteran now. But he's still, as far as I'm aware, he's not had anything like major injury or a major setback. So he's still kind of more primed than than Brian, really. Yeah, definitely. Which is interesting for a high well. flyer. Again, he's he's obviously suffered injuries, but nothing so notable. That that I've been like, oh god, that's happened to him. So um, no. he's obviously he's still doing all right in that sense. But uh, yeah, I mean, I've I've sort of went off away from the the match a little bit there. Well, in terms of the fiend uh, Daniel Bryan match, thoroughly enjoyed. Um, it was it was something a bit different, like you say. You didn't really know where it was going to go, and um, I think it was the right finish. Really, in the end, they can't keep the fiend. Um, in this in this position forever, but I don't think Brian should have been the one to take the title anyway. So I do think it was the right finish. And yeah, um, 
yeah, nothing really. I can not bad to say about that match. If I'm honest, it was a really good match. No, I thought I thought it was really good. I really liked the build up. I thought it made a lot of sense. Like it was really clever. You don't get a strap match often um, in wrestling, and you know the fact that he keeps disappearing. That was one way to kind of tether himself to him. I thought the whole thing, kind of start to end, was really really good, and the actual match itself, I did thoroughly enjoy it. And I, I think we were both on the edge of our seats, thinking, "Holy shit!" You know, like Brian could witness. Um, but obviously, I, th- I'm, I think we're both glad and that he didn't and I think the right choice was to keep it on Bray and see where he goes as long as that oh, is yeah. the main event um, with Roman Reigns at WrestleMania but we'll discuss that on another podcast <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that, that's definitely I mean I think certainly we'll be moving into a, a speculation about WrestleMania uh, obviously we're going to try and cover as much of the road to WrestleMania as possible there have been some revelations from uh, the Raws and Smackdowns since the Rumble but um, we certainly need to do a bit more of a a look at what we think is going to go down for the WrestleMania, really, and, and what's going to be on the card. Uh, so that, uh, like you say, that'll be a good future podcast. Um, so moving on to the next match, which was uh, old Becky one belt, as we uh, as we know her now, <laughs> uh, versus Asuka. Uh, I, for me, I um, I've always been a fan of, uh, and I, I hope I'm saying her name right, but I've always been a fan of Asuka. Um, I think it was a, a real shame what WWE did in terms of uh, ruining her winning streak so quickly onto the main roster. Um, she's not, I mean, there's not a lot you can do with the women's tag division. I think the women's tag division has come along a bit too prematurely given how small the roster is at the moment. So as far as her being, I think she's still the tag title holder with um, Kyrie Sane. Mm-hmm. And you go, well, all right, as, as far as legitimate, decent tag teams go, they're probably one of the better ones to hold it, but there's not a lot they can do in that sense, opponent-wise. But she seems to just be having a bit of a bit of a quiet run, really, Asuka. I mean, yeah, she's had a title match, but there's not really been any build-up in terms of rivalry there. I know um, that you might disagree on that a little bit. I know they've back and forth, and she seems to be spitting mist in Becky Lynch's face a few times on Raw. But as far as an actual a story or a, or a, any sort of deep reason for a feud, I, I've failed to see one myself. Um, I don't know if you have any any sort of notes on that or, or why or how we've ended up with the Becky Asker match. I think they kind of went down the road of, um, you know, she was Becky two belt, she was this, that, the other, and she's become really, really confident. But she's a fighting champion and she knows that she's never, ever beat um, As. As- what is it? Is it Asuka? Maybe maybe we should ask her. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, let's go. Let's, let's go with Asuka. But I think um, she, like this whole kind of match was was built upon Becky saying, "Do you know what? I've never beat Asuka, so I'm a fighting champion, and I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be, you know, solidified as a legend unless I, I I beat this one person that I've been unable to beat." So I think that's where it kind of all stemmed stem from but I, I agree with you the timing the pacing of it felt a bit weird because you know one minute fucking um she's like tag team champion she's this whole other division and then the next minute she's like brought into this and then yeah i don't know so it kind of felt a bit weird but at the same time i quite i quite like that storyline of instead of just you know becky going oh who you know who haven't i faced before yeah. who's worthy of my title it's actually this one's got a, this one's got one over on me. I want to want to get that back. So I thought that was quite a yeah, nice and it, tone it, to it. It's a fair play, and to be honest, it's it, it's quite nice, I suppose, really, that it hasn't had to be 
we, you know, we're enemies and she's the bad guy. And it's purely down to it. Well, you've beat me and I'm a fighting champion. So I want to prove a point. You know, it doesn't have to be any more than that, I don't suppose. Um, again, for me, I, I don't know. I, I feel like, probably because from, from my side of it, I would sooner ask her be the champion. Um, and I think that's probably some of the issue I have with it, um, rather than it being, you know, any sort of booking issue or, or, or whichever. And I don't mind Becky, but, you know, she's had a good tenure. She was Becky two belts for a while. Now she's now she's down to one. Um, but, I don't get why Asuka can't have a good run with the title belt. I feel like where that fell down is like what you said before, is they've kind of started this tag team division and there isn't that many tag teams, so they've just gone, let's get the two Japanese chicks together and form a tag team with them. Yeah, as a result of oh, that. Oh, yeah, because they're both Japanese. Okay. <laughs> well, exactly. And like to be fair, from what I've seen, like they're doing some good stuff with it, but at the same time, it's had some impacts. Like... Um, Kairi Sane had quite a good thing going on with like a pirate type gimmick thing. Now she's like yeah. this weird umbrella wielding Japanese Mary Poppins. It just says just weird stuff. Um, yeah, and then yeah. they, d- they didn't need to make um, Asuka into like a Tajiri wannabe, like with the mist. Like, I get yeah, it. It's like solidified in Japanese yeah. folklore, but mm. she's only missing the kick, and that, that would just be Tajiri's finish, wouldn't it? Yeah. So I don't but, know. Um... I feel like they've kind of hurt hurt both of them in the wrong way by trying to give them the, the tag titles, do you know what I mean? But yeah, they're doing well with it. Yeah, I know it's a fair point. And the tr- I think, again, the trouble is like that they haven't got a big enough tag division really to, to have the belts. I know why they've done yeah. it, because they want to uh, equalise everything. So, that, you know, there's women's tag titles and there's men's tag titles and so on like that. Um, but it's not like they've turned around and gone, well, we need a women's IC title and we need a women's US title. You know, um, the, the, there's time to build these things up and they didn't need the tag titles and, and wrapping decent wrestlers like Asker up in the tag scene. It, to me, it takes away from from decent opponents, which is why we're sat here going, ah, I hope it's not Charlotte and Becky again because <laughs> they're tying other people up with other stuff. Because, I mean, even look at it like, um, Alexa Bliss is in a tag team so what's going to happen there eventually she's already held the titles once they're probably going to go for that run again before they uh, inevitably split the, t- the team up um, mm-hmm. but again that ties these people away from the title scene and the division's not big enough for that yet yeah it's um, it's, a, it's kind of it's a nice problem to have I suppose but at the same time it, it's a bad problem to have because you've got all these kind of high caliber main event singles stars who are now in in some semblance of tag teams. And it's like, there's a lot of work to be done to kind of put them back in the title picture. And then what happens with the one, the others could get a bit messy. Yeah. yeah. But, but I um... would say the actual match itself, um, I thought it was quite good to be fair. Um, I quite like, I quite like the, I quite like the fact that, there was a few times where um, Asuka was close and she knew she was close and you could kind of see Becky was kind of like, oh shit, like I need to beat her. <laughs> um, yeah. So it, it was quite good. And I, I like the fact that Becky got close a couple of times and she kind of was like, I'm just not going to be able to beat this woman. Um, but then she managed to obviously pull it off in the end. So I, I, I was actually thoroughly entertained. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, it wasn't, it wasn't a bad match. Um, and again, more from a personal point of view from my side, I would have liked to have seen Becky lose the belt. 
nothing against Becky, just because it mixes it up a little bit. I feel like she's had the belts and this belt for a long time now. And whilst I've mentioned before about people having a decent run to legitimise the title, um, I think it's a little bit stale at this point, their whole thing of being the man. And, you know, uh, I feel like, not that she has to lose the gimmick, but certainly maybe take a loss and, and have someone else have a go at the title and, and maybe put her in, in the mix with some other other feuds or other other things going on. Well, it's going to be interesting to see where where she goes for Mania because yeah, I've heard nothing actually of um of what the Mania thing is for her. So it will the be only interesting. Thing I can think but... of is they might bring Rousey back. Uh, I mean, it would be a good one in terms of a, a a long-standing feud almost really for the pair of them. So that that I wouldn't mind that as a match. Yeah, I mean, again, you you she'd come back with a view of like, well. I'd be sat there thinking, well, there's no way she's going to win the title because she doesn't want to be regularly on the card anymore. She wants to be semi-retired with her family. So if Rousey did come back, I wouldn't take it seriously, the title match in that sense. But Mm. I could be wrong. It just doesn't feel like she'd want to have the belt for a long time if she did win it, you know? Yeah. So um, we've got a, a slight problem here, Carl. Um, I realise this. Believe it or not, <laughs> we've got we've got five minutes left, so we, like we still talk. have the. We, I know, right? And we still have the men's rumble to cover. I was um, highly expecting that we get this covered in two episodes. We're now going to spill over into the three. Um, so I think we'll we'll start closing this one off. But for me, I think the next one we'll have exclusively the the men's rumble to talk about, which um, to be fair was quite unusual as rumbles go so there's a lot to talk about there um but i think rather than it just being a, a smaller episode based on that if we then go into what what we know so far about mania and what we think is going to be happening going forward with mania uh and then maybe even talk a little bit about what what we intend to do in terms of the of the podcast going forward as well um but yeah i think in terms of that we'll uh We'll sort of close this episode off at the Becky Lynch and Asuka match. And uh, on the next one, that's what we'll go over, if, if you're cool with that. All sounds good to me. Awesome. Okay, then. I'll see you on the next one. See you, guys.